A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. Just to say that this podcast contains UK Film Review Festival spoilers and some challenging themes. Who are some of your other middle-aged lesbian crushes? <laughs> oh my god, the list is literally so long. So my first ones were Kate Winslet, Julia Moore. Julia Moore? Yeah, still have a thing for her. It's the hair. Do <laughs> you like a red? <laughs> a redhead, yeah. I um, think we, that's come up on a previous episode. That we, uh, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I'm very vocal about it. Um, Naomi Watts was a very early one as well. Okay. Nicole Kidman. Sarah this goes Carlson, on. Kate Blanchett. I'm trying to think if I fancy anyone in their 60s. But I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think I covered most of them. I think those are my main crushes. Hello, and welcome to Gay Actually, a monthly series as part of the UK Film Review podcast. This is a special episode this month because we're going to be talking about the UK Film Review Festival, which took place on the 12th and 13th of November. At the point of recording this, it's not the festival yet, we're recording this in advance, um, but it's going to be coming out after the festival, so... um, Hopefully everyone had an amazing time watching lots of films online um, and also submitting reviews of uh, films that you've seen. That's the beauty about this uh, festival is that it's very interactive and you can connect with a wide film community and new filmmakers. Cute. So, yes. Um, As always, my name is Amber and I'm joined by the lovely Joyce. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Nice. <laughs> that was a funny accent. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. How are you excited to dive into these ear films? Yeah. Um, I mean, the ones we got to watch were amazing. So very excited to talk about it. Yeah, no, it's good. So we we are covering the uh, LGBTQ plus category. So uh, we've got three three that have been selected. Um, and put forward for the festival. 
Um, yeah, so all three of these films are really, really different. Um, but I like to think that they all have one thing in common and that they share a feeling of being really human and really real. And that is, I think, what Queer Film is about in definitely in previous episodes that we've recorded. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great to see these kind of films from, like, you know, low-budget sources. Mm-hmm. Not all three, but... Um, and, oh, like, wow. new filmmakers. It's fun to see these stories told through something really authentic, you know, without the big budget and the studios. Definitely. Now, that's what we like to do at UK Film Review. We definitely like to showcase um, the old and the new, but also um, upcoming filmmakers. Uh, perhaps this is their first film. Perhaps they're new to the industry. Or perhaps they've been doing this for a long time and they finally deserve some recognition for their beautiful filmmaking. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we're, no, we're very excited to get into it. Um, I don't need to do any promo for the festival because we're talking about it and it's already done. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourselves. <laughs> Um, um, yeah I feel like we're one of the because there's a few obviously podcast episodes coming out from different series I know Chris and Brian have done a couple of episodes already um, but I think ours is one of the only ones that's coming out after the festival is done so it's kind of a weird position to be in but let's dive in (laughs) just to say as well all three of these films that have been selected for nomination um they have all been reviewed on the uk film review website um actually i I have reviewed two of them uh many months ago so it's it's great to revisit them actually um but yeah if you if you want to read the reviews afterwards we'll point you in the right direction um and you can look them up at ukfilmreview.co.uk so, Joyce, you want to you yes. take it away with the first one? Amazing. Go for it. So the first film that has been nominated and that we want to talk about is um, Pronouns in Bio. It's a um, kind of documentary uh, video diary set over a year made by Frankie Shaftain Fenner, a recently out transgender woman from Colchester, Essex. Um, nice. She just graduated from um, university with a degree in film production and according to her bio on the film uh, festival website she's very interested in documentary especially which is very obvious when you watch the film because yeah. it's really well made and really well documented oh it's fa- it's fantastic isn't it the way that the way that she um compiles all of the scenes together some of them are just you know she's got talking testimony and then she's got some more artsy shots going on the train up to London and yeah, yeah she's really documenting her journey in, in such a Absolutely. such a wide format which I as fellow film nerd Joyce will attest we always appreciate that <laughs> love a good montage love a good montage queen this is Frankie hello I'm 21 I am well I'm a trans girl course not every person who is trans has to actually transition but I've decided that that's something that I'd like to do I don't want to make it look easy because if I did then I'd be lying Can't hold your breath. some people might not consider trans people a priority for healthcare but really Trans healthcare can be life saving. 
the film follows Frankie's journey um, with her transitioning towards uh, hormones and um, kind of like solidifying her identity for herself, yeah. um, finding comfort within herself um, and becoming more confident, which we see happen, which is amazing. Um, there's this really interesting thing she says at the start kind of of the film, which is that we learn in, in film school, we learn about the male gaze as um, being the way women are portrayed for men on TV and in film. But Frankie proposes a heteronormative, cisnormative gaze, which is the way non-straight, non-cis people are portrayed on TV and in film for a straight cis audience. And she wants to subvert that. She wants to show what it's really like to be a trans person in the UK today. And that's what the film does. Yeah, I know. I totally love that, that how she cements that kind of idea at the start. She kind of takes the more traditional film theory and puts her own spin on it, which actually is so cool. Like, I wish I was that smart, like completely um, reframing that, that narrative. And I think she does make the point she's you know you're told you're told what to think and feel especially with regards to sexuality and gender um which we've discussed on previous episodes before so it's it's nice to hear someone from someone within the trans community talking about the trans experience in such an authentic way yeah it's so like it's so important isn't it we've we've talked about that before in terms of trans narrative um and uh people within the trans community being able to share their stories in this way and and Frankie takes so much agency over her own her own life and her own story oh, absolutely absolutely and she I mean she's very raw and very real doesn't shy away from showing anything really no it's 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 so bold isn't it it is bold and there's a lot of very sad or like heart-wrenching moments in this film where you're frustrated at yeah. the, how the system works um, especially, I mean, Frankie talks a bit about having the privilege of being able to access private um, healthcare for hormones and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's amazing for her. But she also acknowledges that for a lot of people, it's not like that. It's not and true. They have to yeah. sit on a wait list for three, four years before they can even start to work on changing their bodies. That is the thing with with obviously in the UK, we've got the NHS, and and Frankie talks about that as well. Um, obviously talking about the really long NHS waiting list for the gender identity, gender identity clinic or the GIC. Um, and that insight into, um, the process is, is kind of, it reminded me there's a couple of, um, trans YouTubers online that have have talked about that before, like Alex Bertie and Jamie and that, and that kind of thing. But I've personally, I've not really seen it from the UK trans woman experience, which is, um, like it's really, really refreshing to see that kind of honesty and and frankie is like, amazing for for sharing that that insight with us mm-hmm. uh the 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 viewers mm-hmm. it is it's so rough like the the hoops and the hurdles you have to go through as a trans person in the uk to try and even mm-hmm. get that recognition and there's so much compromise that they constantly have to yeah do b- because even even frankie was talking about how she was she was speaking to a nurse and even the nurse was like well are you trans enough and it's like why should mm. she have to prove herself in that way why can't people just listen to her and be like this is who i am and it's so frustrating yeah to kind of go back on that um the montage that we brought up earlier mm-hmm. i just want to say that i i loved the little interludes with the music 
Um, Me too. Like, I feel like very often these things can get like a bit boring or too much, but mm. in pronouncing bio, it's not at all like that because the songs are, they're unique. They're, yeah. um, how do you say that? They're originals. Yeah, she's she's written them herself yeah. and the lyrics are beautiful, aren't they? They're beautiful and they convey like a lot of her feelings yeah. that are hard to talk about. And, you know, music is a vessel for emotion. Absolutely. And it's, it's <laughs> such raw emotion as well that we're dealing with. And, yeah. and you get a sense of even if she's not um, talking about something in detail in one of her like video diaries, but like she's kind of conveying through the lyrics how she felt or how she responded exactly. to some, a life event. And that's really powerful. And mm-hmm. I think that's that is such a strength of this film. Like this, this film's like... Yeah, that's its strength that that is kind of conveying to us what she's been through, but also she's processing at the same time. She's using music to to deal with reconcile those emotions, which is so like it's so powerful, man. It's so powerful. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I wrote this in my notes, but her hamburger phone is excellent. Oh my god. I want one. It's so good. It's so cool. Like it was such a vibe. <laughs> when that scene started, she was like, this is a conversation that actually happened. And she pulled out the phone. I was like, bitch, I'm listening. Honestly. <laughs> and it said hamburger phone. I was like, yes. This but is also great. that is so real. Like when you're trying to get a, a doctor's appointment, regardless of what it's for. Ugh. Like being on like I always find that ringing the dentist like, it's like the mailbox is full we're not we can't come to the phone call it like we'll call you back leave your number and it's like oh for god's sake and they don't call you back like it's it's such a vibe in the UK <laughs> just to not get through to anyone human wow. um so <laughs> yeah. I, I sympathize with that Frankie also I want your hamburger phone please tell me where <laughs> you got it <laughs> send me a link <laughs> um I want to ask you Joyce obviously you went to school in Belgium growing up um, I want to ask you if, like, what your LG, I don't think we've talked about this, but what your kind of um, LGBT education experience was like at school? Did you, were you taught about homosexuality at school? Because Frankie talks about how there's no education at school, there's only a little bit about being gay, and that's yeah. it. Which I feel like me and Frankie, you know, we're similar, we're a similar age to Frankie in a way. So I feel like that was very much my experience. Mm-hmm. Like two lessons on homosexuality. Some people are gay. Nothing about being transgender, nothing about any other, uh, anything else on the sexuality or gender spectrum. So I'm just, I'm curious what your kind of experience was. Well, as far as I remember, there was nothing in the curriculum about homosexuality yeah. or trans identities, nothing like that. Um, but I did go to art school. <laughs> and so most that's what... people around me were queer in some way. So that was your education, I That see. was my education, very wow, much. Wow, very nice. Like, I have known trans people since I was, like, 14, I think, my sure. age. Um, and a lot of gays. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, so I learned a lot from my peers, definitely. But that's sure. my environment that I was in. And I know a lot of people don't have that environment. And it was a generally accepting environment for you. Oh, yeah. It's art school, you know. Oh, Everyone's that's great. 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 That is true. Yeah. Bonding. But to answer your question on a curriculum, no, I can't remember anything yeah. like that. So you just learned from the people around you rather yeah. than actual, like... Yeah. yeah, an actual curriculum-based thing. I feel like that's fair. I think we literally had, like, PSE classes, like, two... two we watched this weird video thing 
a video series it was called fit i think and it was basically about busting gay straight stereotypes it was really bizarre and i don't know if i could even find it like find information about it online it was really weird um but yeah everyone made fun of it and i was 15 and closeted and sad but again oh, no horrible. didn't touch on trans transgender individuals or trans issues at all didn't know a thing about it it was very much not talked about anything was, wow. it was not talked about me and my best friend talked about it because we were both gay and that was it so yeah i feel like i can i can kind of understand that that mindset of when you're trying to come to terms with your identity but there's no one around there's no language that you know there's no one around you that you know and it, it's so hard like i can't yeah it's yeah. so difficult and it, i mean even when you're in, a, in an environment like i was in where there's just a lot of people and you learn from each other. Yeah. I, th- I think it should still be in a curriculum, 100%. Oh, yeah. And it is... It is. They're making it mandatory okay. in the UK now. That's because, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And diversity week at schools and that kind of thing. Like, Because it, it's so important. It's it so is. Important. It is. And, you know, it, it will prevent a lot of hate. Uh, hate yeah. out of ignorance. Like, there's so much of that. Um, exactly. And, and, and definitely, like, Frankie goes into that as well and in in her film pronouns in bio and just moving on from that and going through her transition journey on screen the confidence that comes with coming out and and knowing who she is you know she you know she dyes her hair and she gets like a lot more confident in herself and we can kind of see that on screen and it's so powerful to watch it's amazing she is able to just like she's feeling herself like mm-hmm. it's amazing and and you're yeah you're going through that journey with her on screen in a way and it's yeah it's it's so good yeah i mean it's like a lot of just choosing not to give a voice to people that are hateful yeah. and that's something everyone should take a, like a lesson from i agree especially that's very topical at the minute because well when we're recording this um the lgb alliance have been in the news quite a lot because yeah. they've been granted I can't even believe I'm saying this but they've been granted charity status in the UK which is so dreadful and does not represent what a lot of I mean me and Joyce are both queer women it does not reflect what oh, we think no. at all like you ha- we have to be we have to be clu- including transgender people in these discussions it's I, so like why are we persecuting our own communities oh no yeah exactly it's some the first time i heard about it was i would say four years ago maybe four or five years ago and i was shocked that that was even a thing it's awful like yeah yeah. no so anyway we're going backwards a little bit yeah but films like pronouns in bio this is why they're so important is that you actually the importance of self-expression and education and talking about individual experiences because everyone's different everyone has Frankie makes a big point of that she does exactly Mm -hmm. like every trans person is different as well and you know we can't we can't be basing things off stereotypes or pigeon pigeonholing people into like categories because like you know she talks about how she might want kids in the future and you know she's um yeah She's, she's got to think about the options to do with that and, you know, support systems and, and, you know, how she wants to... what she wants to wear and how she wants to express herself and how she chooses to identify. Yeah. 
and like everyone's different like it's such a it but it's important to have these unique experience on camera mm-hmm. absolutely because it just shows that shows how human that experience is yeah and how we should treat exactly um, everyone and being yourself like a human. is good yes which yeah. is also a point that she makes <laughs> so as I mentioned before, all of these uh, films have been reviewed on our website, UK Film Review. Um, and I just, I do want to, so critic Joe Beck wrote a review back in February for Pronouns in Bio. I just want to read a little bit out because I think it's it sums up exactly what we're trying to, trying to talk about. So he said, the strength of Pronouns in Bio is Frankie herself, who brings so much empathy and humanity to herself whilst never shying away from the rough parts of her past. The manner in which she tells her story is so empowering and it truly feels as though you're going on that journey with her. Beautiful. Amazing. Honestly, couldn't have signed that up better myself. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> um, but yes, any final thoughts on uh, Pronouns Your Bio? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I me think too. it's really good. Uh, very well made. And it's just, I love how she's able to talk about her emotions so well. It's amazing, isn't it? Like she doesn't yeah. shy away from herself, from her feelings, and she is so open to communicating these things. Yeah, I so admire that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really strong film. Absolutely loved that. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Frankie. Woo! Woo! Whoop, whoop. So, the next film that we're going to talk about that's been nominated is For I Am Dead, which was directed by Patricia Delso Lucas. And this film is, about, is set in late 1800s Europe, and it features Oscar a wealthy but lonely middle-class man who has lived an extravagant life in a chateau filled with wine, as it's as it's just so described. Um, My ideal life. So it's, it's filled with wine, courtesans and opium. Ooh, even better. <laughs> um, and in the film, he confesses his love to his gardener, Jude, before he dies of his excesses. I'm disgusted by my existence. Nothing excites me any longer. Every day the same flavors, the same colors. Beat of my heart sometimes feels like a punishment. <laughs> so it's kind of like an, a last testament in a way um, before he dies. And a little bit about the director as well, Patricia Del Sol Lucas. She is an independent screenwriter and film director, as well as a cinematographer. And she earned an MFA in film directing at the Skillset Screen Academy in Scotland. Um, she was born in Spain and she's currently based in Brussels, Belgium. Hey! I had to throw that in because we have a Belgian lady with us. Hey! <laughs> Represent! <laughs> Representing on the panel. Um, and yeah, so she... Uh, describes her work as she feels drawn to writing and directing works that are heavily character-driven and the audiovisual world that she builds around them often has a thin line between the real and the surreal, which is very characteristic of this film, actually. Um, So we are going to talk about that. So with For I Am Dead, um, the director... Let me just find it. She has done a little statement about her film... And she says, will belonging to a minority ultimately end in tragedy? And then she says, what I wanted to show with this film is what happens inside of a person when they are brutally denied the freedom to choose who they are and the right to define how they want to live. What do you think about that, Joyce? I think that's fantastic. It is, and I, yeah. I, it is definitely. I feel like this film does that really well. Mm. 
I mean, she's a really good writer. The um, right, yeah, the I'll writing is amazing. So very poetic. Yeah, um, and and the whole look and feel of the film is so captivating. It's so there's a lot of gothic, a lot of gothic moments. It feels very um, feels very intense and broody and mysterious and intriguing and and you wanna you want. I think the marking. I feel like a good short film is one that is kind of it's good on its own, but you also you're like, but I want to know the before and I want to know the after. I want to see it all. Like, mm. I feel like oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. So to start with, should we talk about um, kind of the real and surreal vibe? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because yes. I think that's, that's, that's what she's tried to do is, is try to blur the real with the surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think most of the film, um, the character, the protagonist, that we're f- like we're following his thought process and his life, um, and he seems to be inebriated at all times. Mm. Like when we're introduced to him, he's drunk, he's high, he's yeah. dancing with these women, basically living the dream. And then, <laughs> <laughs> well, not in his eyes, Joyce. No, but you know. <laughs> um, um, and then after that, he you know he gets poisoned, so he's once again inebriated. Yep. There's like this really um, blurred line between dream and reality, um, hallucinations, um, a lot yeah. of maybe like um, inner turmoil that gets materialized. For us, the viewers. Yeah, because he's seeing people and seeing things, and it's it's like he's in one big fever dream, isn't it? Which yeah. which does make him an unreliable narrator. Which so yeah, that's interesting to kind of understand his motivations. Yeah, yeah. He he in like his last moments of life, he seems to want to reckon with a lot of the shortcomings he's yeah. made in his life, or like people that he's had troubled relationships with. So you see his mother. Um, and then there's these other women that he could never fulfill his relationship with. Yeah. I don't really know if that makes sense. But um, no, there's like a, a lot of other influences that come onto him in that like final moment of his life. Yeah. And he has to reckon with that. Definitely, definitely. I think it's interesting as well how in in connection to these women he talks about how he always has an insatiable thirst Mm -hmm. but in these situations he feel he says but I feel nothing so that's when you kind of get the sense oh this guy he he has a lack of fulfillment he's got some deep longings I wonder who like who or what the longings are for and then you realize it's for Jude the gardener um that he is in love with and and he has to kind of reconcile that but then 
again he's hallucinating different personas of Jude and Jude because Jude is in the scene as well yeah. and he is very he's very sweet but then there's another side to him that Oscar hallucinates or he sees and and Jude becomes the devil and he's saying you know you've poisoned yourself the drink the drugs yeah and all that stuff yeah um i mean and that's like another thing of that surreal real when Oscar is dying we don't really know what actually happens because we see this this perspective from Oscar that he's being poisoned by Jude mm. um, and, but then also we get Jude saying that Oscar is poisoning himself with all alcohol like you just said yeah. so even there we don't know really why Oscar is dying is it self-inflicted which it could be yeah um, or is it you know his desire is inflicting it upon him which it also could be because his desire is Jude you know, there's a, it's it's very vague, all of it, but it kind of runs parallel to Oscar's thought process about himself, mm. how he thinks about himself and his feelings, and not really being able to put a finger on it. Definitely, and he and he's he's definitely haunted by his shortcomings, isn't he? Which mm-hmm. and that comes up again and again, especially the scene towards the end, which is really poignant of of the four women walking towards his big manor house in the dark, holding holding lamps and. The, and they're saying things like, well, one of them was speaking in French, but you said... Um, saying like, why did you never sleep with me? Yeah. Um, why did we never sleep together? I wanted to sleep with you. I wanted to make love with you. Yeah. And it's just all of his shortcomings as a man coming back to haunt him. He's not what a typical man should be in yeah. like in all of their eyes and, and that kind of thing. Um, so at the end of his life, that's what that's what's haunting him. Um Again, as well, there's there's this um, question of him. Obviously, he's not fulfilled in himself, and he's not fulfilled other people. Um, but there's a desi- there's there's a sense that he is incredibly repressed, and he's holding back. And it's interesting to consider why he's holding back. Is it just because he's gay and 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 loves Jude, or is are there other things in the 1800s that are holding him back? Is it the drink? Is it the opium? These are all very interesting and thought-provoking questions when you're watching. Um, and another thing that we were talking about as well before we started recording is the idea of what he's talking about as the perfect gaze. It's quite obvious that Oscar is, has been trapped in a life of heteronormativity his whole life. Um, he's expected to play this part as an affluent man who is, I guess, <laughs> passing his prime. He's not he's not a young man anymore, so he's got to perform in this way. And that's... Um, yeah, in terms of the perfect gaze, the film is kind of questioning that in a way, and how how Oscar is how Oscar questions looking looking at itself and who he should be looking at, because um, obviously he wants to look at Jude because he loves him, um, but he's haunted by that shame. Um, whereas the woman that he's supposed to be with, they're quite overlooked by the camera in the first half of the short film, I think, um, but the camera lingers on him and Jude when they're interacting. I don't know. I think that's interesting. But yeah, you like the cinematography as well, Joyce, right? Yeah, I think the film looks amazing. Um, I'm a big fan of the colours and the lighting in this film, especially. There's this one shot, and it sucks that we can't put it into the podcast because this is an audio thing. It's not visual. But um, it's... (laughs) 
it's from the outside looking in yeah and there's this beautiful contrast of colors like the dark blue from the outside and like the bright orange from the inside it's it's such a powerful shot i think it's the best shot in the whole film it just it's a film looks great i absolutely love it yeah um it's a pleasure to look at absolutely Um, and the writing's gorgeous as well the writing is so well thought out i think for me personally and i've noticed this with other films as well is when a film is very poetic um it takes me longer than a it takes me more than one watch to really appreciate it for what it is sure um with this film as well i liked it way better on a second watch Mm -hmm. because i understood it better because it's so poetic you know there's you have to kind of sit with it sure yeah i get that um kind of marinate on the themes as it was marinate (laughs) yeah um i think the one thing i grapple with a bit in this film is that um i feel like the acting fell a bit flat at some points where like the intensity of what is being said just is not conveyed that way sure um so that's like maybe the one criticism i have about the film Mm-hmm. but it looks beautiful and I think it's really well written for a short yeah it, the concept is is so is so powerful and I, you know I love a gay period drama at the best of times oh, so yeah. I love a historic uh, gay character um, so this this ticked all the boxes for me personally um, but yeah no definitely um, a really awesome conceptualised film that's for sure So, the last film that we want to talk about is Swimming With You, which is a short film directed and written by Holly Lawrenson-Evans. She is a filmmaker and artist who is inspired by the following. Mythology, Jim Jarmusch, nature, queer culture, and Sappho's poetry. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, girl. Love that. Um, So, she graduated in 2022 from the University of Edinburgh, where she studied history of art. Um, but she's been uh, making a lot of films throughout the duration of uh, her undergrad and was the president of the Filmmaking Society at university. So... Love that. All good things. Recovery guy should be here soon, though. What team do you start? Two. What uh, team is it? Ten to. I uh, had a good time with you. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. So, I'll give a brief. Uh, synopsis of Swimming With You Um, so the long and short of it is that two boys Reese and Lucas, both Scottish love love that Um, and basically they hook up in an empty car park in uh, one of their cars and the hookup goes wrong because they both get locked out of the car so they can't leave um, and they basically have to wait for breakdown recovery and it's very awkward and both are frustrated about the situation but then they get to chatting um, and they start to bond and it's a really short and sweet uh, moment between the two of them and comedic as well, it's very funny um, 
What did you think about this one? Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Um, it's it's kind of like that funny awkwardness between two people that don't really know each other, but they've already kind of crossed that boundary yeah. of intimacy. It's like the aftermath of, of um, like a, them getting together. And- yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, as we get to know... Um, Reese is Reese the tall one. Reese, yeah, Reese is the s- sweet one without the beanie. Yeah. So, um, the Reese is still very much exploring his sexuality. Yeah, he's not so, out, is he? He's no, told his mates, and he's trying to figure out kind of like what he likes, who he likes. So he's like even very awkward about it all. And, yeah. Um, Lucas, on the other hand, is clearly like very already settled in his sexuality, and he's just kind of annoyed because he needs to get to work. Yeah, um, and he doesn't really care to get to know Reese. Um, yeah, it's it's very much at the start. It's supposed to be a very casual thing, isn't it? But then they um, get locked out of the car, and it's like great. Now they actually have to talk to each other and confront what they've just done, and it's quite awkward. And <laughs> I can't imagine, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's written very well. Oh yeah, it's, it's so funny, isn't it? Yeah, it feels very real. It feels like we're watching that's in real time yeah I feel like it's um it's something that one of my friends would say oh I can't believe this happened to me (laughs) like it's so human and and awkward and um yeah it's nice that they get they get because if they hadn't got locked out of the car they you know they wouldn't have had the chance to get to know each other so it's a very chance encounter where they actually have to have a conversation and actually they you know they don't mind it yeah lucas softens up in <laughs> you know yeah. he's very much like shut off but yeah um towards the end of the film he kind of warms to reese a little bit more yeah and then nice. um when the recovery um truck comes in there's like this <laughs> yeah. this woman who's just so brutally honest yeah lorna i think her character name is okay she turns up <laughs> she turns up in the van um, basically to get the car door open because the keys are locked in the car, right? Um, and she's like, what have you two been up to then? <laughs> she, looks, she looks through the window of the car, so nosy, and she's immediately like, I know what's happened here. Yeah. And it's so funny. But it's like, because that bit to me is like so unbelievable, but actually not impossible to happen you know exactly um i was like oh my god the audacity of her to call them out i love it (laughs) um so she teases and lucas is very blasé he was like yeah we were doing what we were doing and reese is like so embarrassed he's like no no i i I don't no no." (laughs) like very much like that whereas lucas is like is what it is yeah and lucas kind of needs um to hear from her that you know maybe he should give give reese a chance yeah he's a sweet boy you know he made the effort exactly (laughs) it's so endearing honestly yeah um it's just so natural isn't it it's just it's just such a snapshot in time and you're like oh what's gonna happen next kind of thing and yeah. yeah feels very much like that and it's paced very well yeah yeah um and it's shot really nicely as well yeah there's beautiful. some really beautiful shots in there yeah mm. of the landscape because it feels like it feels like because you can hear the road in the background but it feels like they are kind of like rural-ish mm-hmm. like they're in the middle of nowhere and <laughs> Lorna even suggests a future location for them when no one goes and I'm like Lorna girl oh she's God. like I've been there a couple of times myself and I'm like cheeky <laughs> Um, yeah. but yeah no and she she kind of talks lucas round, even though it's not her place at all but you know <laughs> yeah. why not she's like he's a sweet he's a sweet guy and, and he is and 
it's really nice to just kind of it feels like the characters and the acting is very authentic yeah it feels like a real scenario that could that you know could happen it's there's nothing um obscure about it like it's genuinely like as I say something that some like one of my friends would tell me or <laughs> yeah yeah it feels like a story i would hear in real life yeah for sure so i like that a lot hmm. is there anything else that that stands out for you well um i've kind of already covered this but i really like that they're both in very different stages of their sexuality journey. Yeah, no, so true. It shows it's, everyone's different, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, and it, putting them together and just just them to no one else around. Yeah, really accent. Sorry, I can't speak. Accentuates um, how everyone you know takes their own pace at discovering themselves and what yeah. they need from other people to help with that. And I think that's really nice because it, it shows a lot of multi-dimensionality mm. um, of people. And yeah, that, that's why I think it's so well made as well. Like it, like we said, it feels very real. But it's also like an important conversation to have. Like not everyone works at the same pace, figures out things at the same pace. Um, yeah. You see, Reese really needs that conversation. Um, needs to kind of talk through what just happens, even not explicitly, but just kind of on an emotional level. Yeah, you get the sense that he's feeling quite vulnerable, don't you? Yeah, so, very and, much. And Lucas doesn't really understand that because obviously, like, it's great when you're on the other side of it and you're so like out and proud, which he obviously is, and you know he's like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. But actually, like, just to actually give someone the opportunity to have that conversation, even if it is like just a hookup or whatever. Yeah. It, it's it's quite it's quite nice, quite affirming. Mm-hmm. It's quite yeah. No, it's yeah. good, definitely. And then you have that voice of, is it Lorna? Yeah, yeah. You have that voice of Lorna. The voice kind of, of reason. The voice of reason. <laughs> Honestly, like literally. <laughs> kind of pointing Lucas to that. Like making it obvious. Like, look, everyone's not on the same speed length. Wave. Speed. Wave length? Yeah. Not everyone's yeah. on the, yeah, definitely. Not, not everyone's on the same wavelength. I think it, it, it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because obviously they're not in a relationship at this point we kind of start to see the beginnings of something you know he's like mm-hmm. how about that lift then when they eventually get back into yeah. the car which is a whole interesting separate i won't ruin it <laughs> but it's a whole interesting thing but um it, it does make you think like obviously in in same-sex relationships a lot of the time someone might one of the one of the couple might not necessarily be out yet mm-hmm. or they might not have had that conversation of like yeah I don't know I don't know how to explain but I feel like it's the same with friends as well like if you're if you've got a gay friend if you're gay and you've got a gay friend who's like really out and proud and confident and self-affirmed and you're not quite there yet Mm -hmm. or you feel differently about your sexuality like it's quite it's quite difficult and yeah these conversations are challenging but always really rewarding Yeah. yeah definitely yeah so yeah, great film. Really yeah, enjoyed it. No, I I really like this one. It's it's quite short. It's like ten minutes long, isn't it? Mm. But um, it is the it's the perfect like little snapshot of two men's days and Lorna as well. <laughs> Laura <laughs> the Queen. Lorna. Yeah, the voice Absolute of reason. Queen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when she pulls up as well. There's like music playing. <laughs> She's like an absolute unit. She's going about her day. Yeah. 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 No, I really enjoyed this little segment really good I felt like I feel like as well because what we were saying with For I Am Dead like I kind of wanted to know I'm not comparing the two films obviously but I kind of wanted to know more 
but um, this one, the, it's such a different style. It's it's so contemporary. Mm. I kind of was like, actually, do you know what? Like, like obviously, I'd want to know if they get together in the end. But actually, I quite liked it as it was. Yeah, it's very final. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I agree. So those are the three films that have been nominated in um, the LGBT category. So um, now we need to announce the winner of the category uh, for this year, 2022, the UK Film Review Festival. Joyce, would you like to do the honours? Shall I do a little yes. drum roll? Um, before, before we um, announce our winner, wow, that was such a hard word for me to find. Before we <laughs> announce our winner, I do want to say um, this was quite a hard decision because mm. um, these films are very different from each other and you know having kind of more a documentary and a fiction two fiction films in one category makes it really hard because they're not um, quite the same you know it's hard to pick very true they're so different and and so so good such good filmmaking in so many different ways as well exactly. so this this was uh, difficult for everyone to <laughs> difficult deliberation yeah difficult for everyone to make the decision that's for sure yeah but um the one we picked as our winner um in the end is pronouns in bio yay Woo! pronouns in bio directed by frankie thank you frankie for such a uh, a fantastic film um everyone's really enjoyed it um and to our other two filmmakers as well thank you so much again um your films were excellent and have been really well received by everyone who's watched them so thank you all very much for Yay. submitting it's really really important that we uh recognize all queer voices in the lgbtq plus community i can't we can't stress this enough can we joyce it's so important Amen. we love we we need to we need films like yours yes. so thank you all um it's it's so important to tell all of these marginalized stories absolutely um, um yeah i think one of the one of the main reasons that pronouns and bio stood out to me so much was its creativity yeah um, I just really love that. Like it's such an emotional journey, and it's a very sensitive as well. But the creativity of the film really accentuated all the things that are important, the things that matter, mm-hmm. and it conveys feelings that are just really hard to talk about. Exactly, um, so innovative as well with with the original songwriting mm-hmm. and um, the different camera shots on the train. Um, really emphasising the journey that Frankie's been been on and we're so grateful that she shared that with all of us absolutely um, yeah very well made so and, yeah. and, and amazing incredible I'm jealous of your filmmaking skills <laughs> <laughs> come on the pod someday yes we'd love to have you um, and anyone else that wants to come on the podcast anyone is welcome <laughs> absolutely um, on that lovely note thank you so much for listening to this special episode of gay actually focusing on the uk film review festival you can find us on all of our socials we're ukf review at twitter um, and you can also find us on ukfilmreview.co.uk um, if you want to submit a film uh, for review or if you want to um, advertise anything on the podcast or if you want to be a part of the podcast or any of our podcast series welcome please we yeah. would love to hear from you please do get in touch with us all of the contact details can be found on the website thank you all so much for listening and thank you joyce for being here as always um 
my pleasure. Thank you, Amber, for organizing everything and being here with me. <laughs> oh, I knew that was genuine. <laughs> Because I'm blushing and like... Wah. Like, just... You didn't see the... Joyce just turned into a T-Rex in front of me. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much. So much. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening and take care and stay safe and goodbye. Bye! Love this little celebration of queer, independent new filmmakers. Oh, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.